Blog Talk Radio. Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on this Wednesday morning edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we're going to join our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and welcome to our special guest, Asada. We've got an exciting show planned for you because we're coming back with the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, and this is an event you don't want to miss. So just sit back and relax as we get ready to join our co-host and our American Muslim 360 family, and we want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we can certainly open your mic and get your thoughts. And if you're an aspiring author, you may want to find out how you can participate in the next Soulful Chicago Book Fair in 2025. (laughs) And certainly you want to meet some of the authors that are going to be featured in this year's event. So we'll be right back after this quick break. So we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. And if you are listening uh, online, we want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you are ready to speak, and we will certainly open your mic and get your thoughts. And as always, we appreciate you for being a part of the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we have an opportunity to affect the world every
we are. And certainly, if you want to call in, 515-605-9325 and press 1, you will have a chance to experience the global connection of the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And every Wednesday, we're also joined with our American Muslim 360 family, and we'll be right back. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Aten Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadeth. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. And I believe we have now joined with our co host. Yeah, I mean, it took so many forms. I just wanted people to see, you know, playwrights. How do we as people take our words and turn them into something aesthetic, right? And that's what the book fair really has become, always been. Um, we, even when it was in the metaverse, oh, gosh, that's another story. They'll go in if we have time. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was it. The inspiration was to give black writers 
stage in Chicago, and um, I found I didn't just do it without surveying of sorts. You know, I'm a Scientologist, and okay, you do something big, you survey. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. And so I went to one of them big book fairs, what was that, Friends Row Book Fair, took some mailing lists out there, and just told people, I'm going to be doing a black book fair in Chicago. Girl! I just didn't expect that many people to be interested. I came home with so many mailing lists, and um, that started off my database for what I what we've grown to today and attracting, you know, like an author from Japan to there, to Guantanamo. Um, we got an author, Colin, um, I think it's Smilo. Might be a cook in it. He's from South Africa. He's fluent. So, yes. Oh, wow. Well, I heard in New York, they were like, you got to go to the festival. Chicago. I was like, oh. Hey. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, that uh, kind of was the inspiration, and here we are today. Wow, fantastic. Well, that is, if you don't learn anything else, you learn. Don't shrink your dreams. Think big, expand, see the vision, and make it happen. Yes, that absolutely. is exciting. That is exciting. You know, of course, Asada is no stranger to our audience. She's graced our stages for years here on the Female Solution. You see her photo right there, that cute little thing. <laughs> and one of the things that, and I sent your your book to so many of my friends. One of the things that affected me profoundly was someone putting into words your book, "Beating Black Kids," which I think really is something that our generation needs to read and comprehend. So whatever mistakes were made in the raising of our children and raising of us, we don't perpetuate it to the next generation. We don't put that on our grandchildren because we have, as a culture, been so brutal to our children, believing this is discipline. And, you know, I've had this argument with so many old school moms and dads who just, they don't know any other way of raising children. As an author, what was your inspiration for, for that book, Beating Black Kids? Um, you know, again, I say I think authors become authors because they have things in their mind. They got to get them out. Mm-hmm. Putting them on paper it takes a lot of courage, as I said. Um, but I wrote Beating Black Kids not because I was, my whole life talking about I'm going to be an author because I've never said that, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been, I'm a good reader, but I'm not like, oh, my God, I have to have a book and got to make one. But I had a stroke in 2009, and wow. it made it so that um, my daughter, I guess she was like five at the time. Wow. And it made it so that we were watched by someone who was, once I got out of the hospital, I was in the hospital for like three months. Once I got home, um, had a friend watch over us, and my little baby gal at the time, she was, um, I guess she was frustrated and angry, like, you got this, this this teaching style or parenting style from this other person, and her mama's in the bed, like, horizontal, so she, to mm. show her dismay, she ripped up some dollars, she found some dollars, baby, five dollars, one dollar, whatever, I needed every dime of it because I wasn't working, right, mm-hmm. but she ripped it on up, baby, we're going to rip it up, rip up that money, that'll just show somebody that I'm frustrated with, mm. so the feedback from the person that was watching us, um, she felt that I should 
hitting my daughter was just nowhere in remotely in my mind because that's not how I get down. Like, I have a higher skill set than that. And so, um, yeah, I saw that even if somebody's cultural or, you know, got a hair wrap on or something, that don't mean they don't believe in beating some kids. That's true. Some black kids. So um, I just saw that I needed to write a book, you know, on it because when I returned back to work and I talked to folks about, I'm going to write a book because I saw that it needed to be addressed. And they just went on and on to the break of dawn about what? about why you should beat kids and all that. Well, no, not even that, but how they got. Yeah, the, the things they got beat with everything, from, uh, iron cords, hangers, shoes. <laughs> so they were just like, I really saw that they were purging. Yeah. They, they didn't even see that. It was like yeah. three hours just on and on about this. And so I saw that I needed to write a book, told my little baby girl, I think mommy's going to write a book. And went to go get me a little tape recorder. Mm. I don't know if we even had the microphone amps on, so I don't know. But I went to get that tape recorder <laughs> and I story, and I wrote that book so that people could learn better ways of working with our young people other than them, you know, hitting them. And, um, man, it's not stopped since then. It's sold all over the world. It's taken me to... Uh, ABC, CNN, yeah. Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera English and C's, and it's still it's still an issue for our people, you know, mm-hmm. that we believe in hitting and creating the pain that we got from our parents and, you know, sending that down on the domino effect to be in power, I guess, over young people. So anyway, it's an issue that I'm still able to help, and I am helping a lot of children survive better because of it. Yes, that is so critical. I, I think the last time there was an up, uprising, so to speak, in Chicago and young people were, you know, rioting, cutting up, and expressing their frustration, I heard more elders saying, see, the problem is that we stopped spanking our children. I mean, everybody was saying that. I'm thinking they're already in pain. That's why they're exploding like this. And you, your answer is to give them more pain. So this is this is definitely uh, something that has to be unlearned, and we're in the process of creating a parenting class, and I'll be getting with you about that after the uh, show to be a very valuable contributor to that, because I think it's important for us, like you've always said, we need to raise our skills and not our hands, and that's what's missing when you tell people not to hit their children oh, so you're just supposed to let them run wild? Because they don't know that there is a way to shape behavior that's not violent. So we have to teach. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, like that, you took the words out of my mouth, that raise your skills and not your hands to rear children. What, y'all? Come on. Look at the end product. What what you want. Yeah. And then it'll help you make better decisions when rearing them because you don't know what skills you're putting in them. You don't know what, like we don't think about, I put on Facebook one time, um, what did your mother say to let you know she wasn't playing with you? So, you know, oh, God, people was just like, (laughs) (laughs) then I put up, what kind of pleasure moments have you created for your child? And it was like cricket. No, no. Couldn't think of any. They couldn't think of things that they've done to actually please their children. And so that's what we need to think about. You know, they're going to be adults, and they're going to have memories of yeah. the things that you instilled in them or the example that you set in them. And, like, my mama played games with us. She danced with us. We sang with her. 
And I remember that as an adult, so now I can duplicate it. Yeah. And my daughter, you know, and so um, I told I was just telling somebody, it might have been my mom the other day, children do what they see their parents do. They don't yeah. listen to what, what they, they say, say but especially if they contradict them what they say. So, you know, that, that, that writing, beating back like kids brought me into a world of, I mean, I couldn't, it took me a minute to accept you're an author, and I'm like, I'm like I had never really seen myself as such. Mm. I just had something to say. But there's, there's something about being a writer that inspires people, and it, it uh, affects their, the credibility they have for you. You know, it's almost like if you write something, that that's the law. That's how we take it anyway. And so I just kind of had to move into that yeah. and accept that leadership role that comes with writing a book and continue to do the work. My daughter got a book. She her book came out when she was seven. Um, she's almost 20 mm. now, but wow. let's go. Let's get these ideas popping. Let's, I help authors all the time take their ideas into actual book form because we need that assistance over the years of just become more proficient in doing that, you know, getting us to get that. Come on, get that story out your body. Get that, get that fear to the side, girl. Get it out of here. Get that courage up to tell your story because when you write a book, it's not about you. It's not about you and your fear of writing it and your vulnerability. It's about the people you're going to help. Yeah. People that are going to read that that's story and say, that sounds like me, and then be able to change because you book is not about you, and I think that's important for us to realize. Yes, absolutely. It's the people that you help with the the, the things you share because so many of us have common experiences. And Aisha Harris joins us on Facebook and says, I love this. Yes, Aisha. <laughs> so many people can relate because they have been through it. And, well, I'm actually uh, editing a young lady's book now. She's been on our show a few times, a brilliant young author. And, I mean, she's got a story that's just mind-blowing. Her book is called I'm Not Crazy, I'm Called, and it will be coming out this uh, this fall, you know, it's, uh, on its way to the printer soon, and she's just had an amazing story of overcoming, you know, things such as childhood abuse and all of that. And, you know, we were talking the other night, the, the whole process of writing and how things come up in your memory as you begin to recount, especially something that's autobiographical. That's that really, in a lot of ways, it's a healing process for authors. I've, I've a number of authors that at your book fairs that they've written some autobiographical works that are just astounding. And you think, you live through this and you're still surviving. How are you walking around saying? But one thing that writing a book does, it it helps you to to think and reflect, and sometimes it's therapeutic, especially if you've had these things bottled up. And you need to release them. So now we're going to take a, a quick break. We can stay with us for the next section. Uh, we've got some callers on the line. Of course, if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 so your number lights up and we know that you're there and have something to share. And if you are watching us on Facebook or YouTube, uh, The Female Solution, just write in your comments. We'll share them with our listening and viewing audience. We are talking to Asada, who is the founder and creator of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. It's coming to Chicago this weekend, and we want you to be there. 
so that you can meet some of those fantastic authors, hear their stories, and perhaps be inspired to write your own book. So we will be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. And once again, if you are listening online, we want you to join this conversation. Give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 so that we can hear your comments. We'll be right back, so stay with us. And all righty. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, but our guest today, Asada, and she's 
is the founder of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair coming up this weekend. And if you've just joined us, we want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press one with your questions and comments because you've got a book inside of you and we want to help you out. (laughs) So, uh, Asada, for those who want to make sure they're there, Give us the time and location of the event and how they can how, how they can get there. Sure. So this year, we will not be on 61st Street. And the reason is because Woodlawn Central, you can go to woodlawncentral.org, is a billion-dollar project to create sort of a metropolis over on 63rd in Dorchester. Oh, my God, when you go to that website, woodlawncenter.org, you'll see plans, right? Well, I got connected with that group, which is spearheaded by the son of the current Reverend Brazier that's at Apostolic Church of God, Chicago. Mm. And um, in our interacting and meeting, um, he I got exposed to woodlawncenter.org. He got exposed to my metaverse. Um, there was a Soulful Chicago Book Fair Metaverse, and it was so amazing to him. He brought me into the fold and asked, what do you think about doing the, the book fair by our church? I said, what's up? Like, you got space? And he was looking at me like, girl, we got <laughs> eight acres of land. Wow. Like, just walking like. So anyway, we're going to have our book fair this year, 23rd in Dorchester, right here in Chicago. Um Man, that's right across the street from Apostolic Church. Wow. That's Yeah, yo, it's getting ready to be for real, for real. It starts at 10. We start promptly with a float with elders upon the float, drummers upon the float. And we take that through. We're going to take that through the little neighborhood there and come back to our main stage, right, Um, starting on 64th in Stony. And boy, when you see that flow, ooh, wow. it'd be evoking the ancestors or something because sometimes we'd be crying and dancing. And, <laughs> um, the reason that I do that is because it's important to me to follow the African tradition of asking permission of the elders to speak. It's just yeah. something that we do in, in uh, speaking of Swahili, where they speak Swahili languages, Shikamoa, like you bow yeah. to the elders and say Shikamoa, right? Yeah. And so, um, when I bring that float to the stage and we get in front of everybody, I ask for permission to speak, and them elders on that float say, we give our permission, and it's a oh, wow. start the event. So, yeah, that's going to be Saturday. Um, 10 sharp, baby. We'll be coming on for 64th and Stony coming around, wow. and let the games begin at that point. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, yes. Well, I really look forward to that. And, you know, things like that always make me cry, you because know, I'm so emotional. Me too. So. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I, I think of just the the journey we have been through and the triumphs, and I think that's why it's important to put it on paper so that people can, can read it and be inspired. And uh, I encourage and like you, for those who missed that statement, you know she said her daughter's first book was at the age of seven. So you're never too young, and 
patients is just such a beautiful soul. Tell us about her book and, and what made you decide to allow her to express herself at that young age where, you know, she's probably just learning, you know, uh, speaking skills, writing skills. What made you decide to allow her to expand her creativity and become an author? Funny. She, as you were saying that, she was coming in the room to bring me some water. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. But anyway, she, you know, real for her book, again, it wasn't like she was growing up talking about, Mommy, I want to write a book, ever. Um, mm-hmm. my, my girl wanted money. So at six years old, she was like, Mommy, like I worked in a very affluent environment in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and so we were able to see affluent people, you know, the, the little celebrity, little, you know, little town homes and all this stuff in New York. And so it was like, I want some of that money. Like, I want to be rich like this. And so I said, okay, cool. I said, you just have to do something in your life that is large enough for others to take part in, right? And then why do you see that? That's what you got to do. So what you want to do? threw some things around, but again, kids emulate their parents, mm-hmm. and I was an author, and so the idea of her becoming an author oh. um, was on the table, because you could, people That'd could buy great. your book, have you, yeah. but it wasn't just like about, oh, write that story, that's not really who she is, but it was about, I, I had to teach her, I was actually going to hire some photographers to do mm-hmm. sort of a picture book, but instead of hiring photographers, I taught her photography. Oh, so I, so I taught her how to compose shots and how to use the rule of thirds and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was like, yeah, let's do the book today. And so on the way to school, we was taking them shots, baby. And so her first book wow. is a combination of her photography and my photography. And um, Urban Girl Adventures, that's the series. Look, Mama ain't bring out the second and third book yet. Lord, the girl was 20 years old. What am I doing? Anyway, <laughs> we got them, and we're going to do But, yeah, Urban Girls Traveling, it showed how a young person travels around the city in New York. It was very different. You know, most places, parents take the kids wherever they have to go. Mm-hmm. But in New York, you're, you're, you're a young person on the train. You're taking a bus. you got to be independent. You're going to be on a ferry. You know, wow. there are all these modes of transportation, and so the book deals with that. And it show, And at the time, she was like in second grade, and mm-hmm. they were going over not only transportation, but they were going over series. And her book mm-hmm. was series. So it was like a combination of a real life. Oh, wow. You're not only learning about it, you're creating it yourself. That and so, yeah, powerful. that was born. And so you can go to her website, urbangirladventures.com. Wow. You can go, even mine, I, I didn't mention it before you asked me, but you can go to beingblackkids.com, soulfulchicagobooksfair.com. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's, a, um, you know, her book is a testament of her actual skill set as a photographer. And right now, this very minute, as a girl that's 20, that will be 20 years old, Patience has her own photography company. Well, all right now. turned into a lifestyle. Like, I mean, she's good. People hire her. She has contracts. People go to her website. They book her. They pay their deposit. She has a whole photography world, and she's so good. So, yeah, um, it turned into what she really liked. I exposed her to a lot of things, playing a cello, playing a violin, all that stuff. Mm. Going to modeling school. But she didn't want to do all that. But she did like that photography and then when we kind of took a step back we saw we come from a line of photographers my dad my grandpa mm. 
brother. Like, we're all photographers. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow. So we didn't pay quite for the staff, but yeah. Wow. So, we so yeah, she's emerging okay. into that, and she'll be at the book fair. She lands our booth at the book fair, because mm-hmm. I'm all over the place, you know, watching the events and yeah. doing all kind of troubleshooting. I'll be doing a workshop this year. Um, on my book, Bitcoin for Black People, mm. um, just teaching people about cryptocurrency. There are a lot of things occurring right now financially for our people, yeah. and money has already changed. April 1st marked the end of cash being produced. And so there's a new financial system. How many people knew that? There's a new financial system called the quantum financial system, and it will be digital period, not the regular ATMs we deal with that disperse cash. These will be digital. And so even yesterday, I was trying to get money orders to pay people for the book fair, pay certain things. Mm-hmm. I went to three banks. The first two said, we don't have them anymore. Wow. <laughs> they don't even exist anymore. Deep. And the third Ooh. one, I had to go through hoops and this and that. And so it's deep, y'all. Like, y'all, you know, so yeah. I, I a little bit of the financial knowledge I have about the cryptocurrency world. Um, yeah, at the event. You also go to the website, soulfulchicagobookfair.com, and go to the um, event section. It'll say that in the menu, and then you'll see the drop down for the books, and you'll see the flyers for the entertainment and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, you know, these little subtle things happen without our even realizing it. If you're not paying attention, see, how many people knew that uh, they weren't producing cash dollars anymore? So the banks are about to go through a whole different transformation, and I know so many people who are, um, they're reluctant to deal with with um, crypto, with, with, with internet banking, with you know, anything that's not cash on hand. Well, what happens if you can't, if you go to the bank, you can't get cash. What are you going to do if, 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 you know? If, if you're I'm not, about be, I'm about to be rudely awakened yeah, right now. Yeah. So, and I think this is important. The importance of a book fair. There is data you need to understand yeah. and learn, and it's at that event. You know what I'm saying? I mean, globally. I mean, the brother that's even coming from, uh, that's here from Japan. His name is Onomaru. who was chilling out yesterday. But anyway, yeah. um, you know. Man, who knew? Who knew that there's a mental health issue with black people in Spain? Wow, you know, and I went, I went to Japan, and uh, I, I did run into a few black people because you know we're everywhere. You're always surprised. You go, oh wow, we're over here, you know, because right. we travel everywhere. But uh, and then of course um, there are many people who are descendants from those who were in the military. And so you have a lot of mixed race people and uh, part of Japanese, part, you know, African, African American. That's them, baby. But yeah. So we know we have issues over here in America, but you never think about that there might be also some similar emotional issues growing up in a homogenous environment like Japan and if you're different, you know, that could that could be a challenge. And yeah. Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host says, Grand Rising, beautiful queen, looking forward to it. Yes, another great author. It uh 
and I have been, you know, she's got a book I've been giving to all of my friends who are struggling with diabetes, you know, diabetic, don't let her book. And, you know, sometimes we have such resistance to knowledge sometimes. So you have to, you have to, uh, well, you say demonstrate so people can see, look, I've done this. I want you to do this too. And that's one good thing about the Soulful Chicago Book Fair is that people get a chance to talk directly to authors who have information to share and experiences that can help your life. And Viata, our Friday and Sunday host says Grand Rising Queens. Nice to see you, Sunday again. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Aisha, oh, hey, she's ver- verifying patient skill says She's an amazing photographer. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. You know, I think that's going to be her main contribution to the planet. And I think, yeah. you know, that's the main. That's another thing. Like, when you do a book, it's here permanently. It yes. doesn't disappear. Yes. It Even if it goes more. out of print, it comes back in print. Yes. Put it out there. Make sure it's good. Make sure it don't be good. No books out here. It ain't no period. And, yeah. You got your cousin Kupulala to edit it. Stop doing that, right? I think that's another uh, thing about the focus for me for Focus Chicago Book Fair. I'm not going to be a stickler for what you put out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to help you get it out. And then I'm going to teach you some tips along the way that I'm going to share with you because of the gift that I've been given to create what we call books to get our stories out, but, you know, it's about being better. It's about um, having somebody support you because a lot of us, when we start making these books, you know the biggest critics are our family. Ooh. They say things like, how you going to do that? Or yes. how you going to, like, it's all this, you going to say something. Yes. Like, I'm going to get the black race. I'm going to do a book on molestation. I'm telling you all right now. So if you want to come for me on that, that's hey. a big topic in the black community. It is. That we have to confront. We're very yeah, afraid we gotta, to confront. Gotta take I'm it not going to that's going to say the things others don't want to say, right? Because I believe to get better, you got to confront that ugly stuff, right? But I'm going to do it because it's in the same vein as beating black kids because it's both about the violation of body. Yes. Hitting children is about a violation of a person's body yeah. by bringing pain to it and we do it because it was done to us but we need to accept my mama ain't really good let me let that know let me say that you make some people think I ain't you books are an opportunity to address the issue you know need to be addressed and so what somebody might get incriminated from something you have to say. There are ways around that that we don't get sued or this and that, but we also have authors that deal with stuff like that, that deal with, the, the, you know, from plagiarism to publishing to your rights, the rights when you write, all of those things you find at the book because you find people on different levels of it. You find publishers who might make the same. I have publishers out there that do children's books, Christian books, Nonfiction historical books, they'll be out there mm. this weekend. And so who knows, you may have an idea that they can help you put out um, and get out to the world. A very important thing, I think also I, I want to get this message, this part of the message out, and that's that I could have stopped the book fair. Like when that shutdown happened, yeah. I could have just stopped, right, mm-hmm. and just said that was that. It was good while it lasted. But it was important for me to keep that vision popping off yeah. so people could, you continue to use it as a vehicle, right? Because when um, 
the last event we did was in 2019. But, baby, when that Roro came around, mm. <laughs> Roro. <laughs> I was actually happy because I needed a rest. We have a oh. film that I'm making called Healing Work, uh, The Power and Pain of Black Organizing. Naeem is actually in that. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we, it's really about we do all this work, but who checks on us, who makes sure that yeah. we are well, who, yeah. what, what kind of pleasure moments do we have or are we so connected to the struggle, right? So nonetheless, I just want to say, you know, although 20, I got to relax, 21, I was like, okay, cool, I'm still relaxing. And then God was like, what you think you're doing, yo? You think you... <laughs> I gave you a break. That's it. Just a break. Right. You think you want to take a break for how Back on your job. <laughs> so, you know, lockdown is still a thing. And yeah. I had to figure out how do you get the book there rolling and keep it going mm-hmm. when it's lockdown because I wasn't going to do such an expensive event. And then everybody was scared to come outside. So we put the book yeah. in the metaverse. And that means that you went into the computer you created your avatar and you were walking around like a person mm. in the book there, in the computer. But I mean, we had, you could go on boat rides. You can go to the, hey. um, we had like a lounge and exhibit hall for just black history, black poets, black playwrights, or like a display of those different things. We had an exhibit hall where you sold your book. But when people walked into your booth, all the sound from outside the booth would turn off and a video mm. display of your book. Wow. Oh, virtual reality. Whole, yeah, so it was a whole other level of interaction. It made it so that we were able to have authors from other countries in, involved because it was on the Internet. And it was just mm. a wonderful world. So it made it so that the book fair was to continue. It brought up an issue, though. Black people don't have computers, which blew my mind. I didn't know that the digital divide was a real thing, yeah. like really real. But people just didn't have computers. They said, can I go on my phone? And the fact that they just had phones said to me, yeah, we just com- we're just consumers. Because you need a computer if you're creating things, whether yes. it's movies or interviews. You need a computer usually. And so basically I learned if I do something like that again, I will go in with Google or go in with Mac or whoever mm-hmm. to make sure that they disseminate a thousand plus computers to people that they can come into the metaverse and whatever. But I just wanted to say you have to find a way to get your message to continue forever. Yes. Whatever you want to make change, you cannot let fear, COVID, nothing stop you. No lack of money, all that. Stop doing that. Stop stop making excuses for your comeuppance and your expanding into the world. you got to make it go right. And so for me, it was the metaverse. And then people were just like, is it coming back? Once all of the things got lifted and all of that, and we just started planning for the book fair that was just Saturday. And I mean, we're doing it on a whole nother level. We done had we got signs on the buses, on training, wow. training platforms.
has got real bad. It's going in and out and uh it's it's sounding muffled. If you could correct that on that end, I think that'll be wonderful. Uh okay. I do have some uh some statements to share with uh Asana. Praise be to Almighty God for her and her promotion of the Chicago book fair. Uh you know, I'm quite sure all of us can remember when reading was uh, was was uh, encouraged. Uh, matter of fact, there used to be a mobile library yeah. that would come into a neighborhood. Remember that? I remember that. Yes. 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 Uh, last week. Mm. Wow. Now, and and that's important because people are almost uh, thinking nobody reads books anymore because everything is, you know, TV and, you know, TV screen and cell phones. But, uh, yeah, that, that used to be a thing that schools did. But, you know, I thought you had pointed out something. I heard an address you did a while back where you were saying how – Actually, this generation is probably doing more reading and writing than anybody because you're all typing messages on your phone. That's writing, you know, reading, you know. So we actually are doing it just with another instrument. Sure. Yeah, I need people to get up off those young people. You know, as parents, I I remember when it was, was, uh, was normal that parents sat down and read a story from out of a book to their children. That 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 was uh pointing them in a positive direction because they 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 they, uh, they follow what is modeled in front of them. Yep. And uh, it it was almost customary that parents and grand and parents, they would sit down and read a children's book to their children. So, uh, you know, and this, uh, I, can, I, I can't put too much, no, I don't want to take away the value, the value of actually owning a book versus yes. the Internet. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's value and it is worth it. I mean, you you can. I just can't find the words to describe how valuable it is to have. I think think one of the things that has to happen is that we have to move with the flow of the times with these children because Mm -hmm. babies Mm -hmm. today in their pampers they're swiping. They're not turning pages. They're swiping. Yeah, so technology, the introduction of technology has shifted reading and how you do it, and I think we have to shift with it. The book fair is about still valuing an actual book. What we, only thing we need yeah. to do is 
mix it together, yeah. you know, include validate how they're reading, because I know they got a novel app that the kids read the novels, but they're digital. Not necessarily Kindle and all that, because we're still alive, so books are a thing, like we still love them. But there's <laughs> going to be a time where the people alive will be like, remember when they had books? And all we have to do is just make sure that that information is transferred into the medium that they use to read. You know what I mean? Like we have to phase in with it, you know, and it doesn't mean that books will be gone or anything like that, but we like the smell of a book. There's going to be a generation that be like, what? What do books smell like? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> understand pages. I, I just want us to, it's the, it's the behavior that we definitely need to reinstitute this whole um, communicating with young people with books and having them experience stories. My daughter, when she was young, I used to tell her, I told her one day, you know, books are so good because you get to live the life of the people and the characters. And I was really doing my little soapbox on reading. And um, I think she was seven or eight. I think she was maybe six, somewhere in that range. And she said, what you fail to realize is that I'm not you. And I was wow. like, oh, wow. Oh. Ooh, you know, and that meant I had to get her to read because I'm a mom and still wouldn't have to read. But I had to use a different strategy now because that didn't work. Yeah. I'm making it so great. So what I did <laughs> is watch what she liked, and then I went and got books in the area of what, what she, she liked at the time, yeah. which is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And then I just brought her for Christmas or whatever, brought her, like, all the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and she was so enamored by that. Mm. looked at them, and she didn't really even look at her toys. She just looked at all the books. And then found herself reading the book on the train in New York and telling me as I played my video game, you need to read a book. <laughs> so anyway, I want. But that, that's intelligent, though, because we have to pay attention to our children and see what their interests are if we're trying to convince them to do something. Because their motivation might not be our motivation. But, you know, my, my sister, who she's got her children have gone all over the world, but she stays connected. She does this thing, uh, story time with Grandma Barbara every Sunday night. And, and well, she's got grandchildren. and She lives in Florida. She's got grandchildren in Australia. <laughs> so she's got to, you know, adjust her time so it's evening time for them. And then she's got a grandchild in Chicago. So she's, you know, because our mother used to, read to us every night. I still remember that big, thick Grimm's fairy tale book. <laughs> but all those stories, you know, they they still come back to me. And the, the nursery rhymes and all of that. So we became readers very early and we became authors very early. We start writing books when we were, at, you know, in grammar school. My father brought these, these uh, books. He worked at the post office and he brought these empty books I guess they use as, as, you know, accounting ledgers or something, just empty books with lines. And he brought them home. He brought home like, you know, five or six of them, gave them to us, and we started writing stories in those books. So our parents kind of launched us into the, the reading and writing mode by the, the little things they did to encourage us. And like you say, your, your parents, they influence what you do. You watch what they do, and then if they're, if they're astute, they'll find ways to inspire you. And that's, that's what we have sure. to do. 
I think that we also, and I know here for those who are person, but yeah. that point about the kids and their reading and writing, I do a workshop called Phone Book, and it's about them using the content in their phones to write books and short stories. And so, you know, I said, tell the kids, when these adults say you don't read or write like they used to, no, you read and write more because you text and you post. They read mm. and write every day. And so now, this is what I'm talking about. We need to phase into showing them how to incorporate what they already do into the world of writing a book or reciting or making it poetry because they already have the content written. And yeah. now we need to bring what we know with what they know. Yes. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about how to do that because we, we got a whole lot of people who poets, rappers, and everything, and they got all this technology at their fingertips. So how do we express that as literary and, and vocal and language skills and encourage it? So we'll talk about that, and we'll be right back. And let me know, uh, Kareem, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to uh, reconnect and, and strengthen our connection and fix whatever uh you're fine now. It was just breaking up, but you're fine now. Okay, great, great, great. All right. We'll be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment. So stay with us. We all say we would like to be wealthy, but wealth isn't determined by how much money you have. Wealth is determined by your power to define what money is. The dictionary defines money as something used as a way to pay for goods and services and to pay people for their work. So how would you like to have access to an unlimited source of money? Money that is not taxed by the government. Money that increases as you share the opportunity with others. Money that you can use to pay for goods and services and pay people for their work. I'm talking about Bitcoin. It's the future of independent wealth building. <laughs> Bitcoin is the new money that you control. Get started building your wealth. Call 312-849-3456. That's 312-849-3456. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams. 
CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif with our host today, uh, our guest today, Asada, and she is the founder of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, and it's coming up this weekend. Again, give us the date, time, and location, and how people can get involved if they decide to come and experience. Sure. The book fair is going to be this Saturday, that's August 5th, on 63rd and Dorchester, right by Apostolic Church of God. And, man, I'm talking, it's going to be powerful from 10 when it starts to 8 p.m. when it ends. Because we have a full day, not just of authors selling books, but we have concerts, we have workshops. I'll be on at 145 doing... uh, cryptocurrency workshop. We have blues music. Freddie Dixon, that's Willie Dixon's uh, son. That's going to be at noon on the main stage. We have two stages, guys, so um, you're going to see music on a big Grammy-level stage, and then we got a small stage for open mic. There are open mic times if you want to perform for your, your wonderful talent. On the stage, <laughs> we have uh, David Boykin and his uh, group. It's like a big group of eight people called Sabal. I mean, it's wow. going to be dope. It's going to be amazing. Wow. The, the people, Sherry Soul. Ooh, she's so good. Lord, she's so good. Mm. So, yes, Power Pack. Definitely go to the website, um, www.soulfulchicagobookfair.com and go to events and be able to see all the uh, times that things are happening from the open mic to the entertainment, entertainment, all of that, workshops, everything. Mm. Fantastic, bro. You all need to be there, 63rd in Dorchester. Now, is that uh, – I know they're building the Obama Library. Is that, that east of that, or is that included in that area, you know, if, if they – You know, it's close to the Obama Library, but it's west of it. Right? Ah, okay. The Obama Library is kind of like 63rd-ish, like 50-something. Okay. Mm. Um, and this is going to be 63rd, but it's going to be west of that metro. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be all on – the uh, the campus of the Apostolic Church. And so yeah. what you see now that our uh, parking lots will be high-rise. It's not high, mm. sky, but they have horticulture on the roofs. Wow. Like all of the parking that would take a parking lot, they have underneath the buildings. And they're going to have theaters, black businesses. They said their focus is to make sure that it's not just black businesses, but sustainable black businesses, and it's the whole beautiful overtaking that they're doing over there. So, yeah, before they start all that, we're doing our book fair over there. But their viewpoint is, after that, we're going to just take over 63rd Street with the book fair. So, Mm. I was like, look, Woodlawn Central, make the book fair yours. I don't care. This is our our festival. Yeah, yeah, definitely needs to be a part of the the regular Chicago summer routine. You know, we, we have the, you know, 
the festivals, the taste of Chicago and all that, just, just include Chicago Book Fair right on in the planning every year. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. how it's going to be. Yeah. You know, because yeah. with the CTA marketing and all of that, yeah. I just opened it up to the view of more yeah, participants, not just yeah. people on the south side. Yesterday and the day before, we went out and put out yard signs all over the oh, yeah. south side. So, you know, I'm a, I'm really big on marketing um, because we don't give it enough importance, and so then we don't get enough people supporting what we do. Right. And it, it's not enough to just hey, you want to be an event? You want to give me your vendor fee? Let's sit down. And, but then you didn't go and get the people, so you got vendors looking at each other and, buy, and buying yeah. from each other. Stop playing. Like, you got to get yeah. people there. Our first year was about 3,000 people yeah. um, brought to the Woodlawn area. And so today, I mean, on Saturday, rather, um, well, because Apostolic's having their annual picnic that day, too. Ooh, oh, yeah. Another part of the campus, but you already know their thousands are going to meet our thousands. Yeah. Yeah, rap. So, yeah, so they, it's, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, you know, that is an, a very important part of having an event people are vending is you got to have someone to vend too. So, yeah, your marketing is outstanding. And that's, that's really what makes it worthwhile for an author to come because you've got all of these people that you normally would not have access to. And now the people are, traveling to Chicago, because it's a big tourist city, you know, and, and this is summertime. So you're going to have people coming who don't live in Chicago, but they'll come here for an event because it's a tourist city. So it, it's worth it for authors who don't live here to come to Chicago and be part of the book fair. You know, if you're yeah, a Yeah, we are becoming an institution because I think it was right before the shutdown, um, you know, the Printers Road Book Fair, uh, downtown, which is like a six-block Yeah. It was backed by the Chicago Tribune, but I think when the Chicago, no, I think, I know, when the Chicago Tribune said, we're well, not doing this anymore, mm. and they didn't have the same backing, they called me. Like, wow. yo, hey. what, what are we doing? So, yeah. You know, <laughs> I go somewhere. Like, Whoa, really? Me, my little old self? This is the importance of being consistent because you've been there and you're like, oh, well, she got a thing. She's doing hers, you know, and she's doing it virtually and she don't, you know, she keep doing it. So, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's making a difference. And I think that's important. That's why I say your stick-to-itiveness of whatever you're doing. Somebody said in one of the posts the other day on Facebook, they put, it's the consistency for me because it was some promotion I was putting up and she put that, it's the consistency for me. And I thought that was just a bomb because it is, uh, you know, I have to make a decision to stay consistent and put it out there. Look at my girl. Yeah. She and Kenya watching this. All right now. Hey, now. Just we saying global. Absolutely. Yes. I have a a question. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, will, Will space be provided for authors? Uh, that have written books and a uh, and also an, a, uh, a book signing, book signing for authors that have written excellent books. Will oh, yeah, there be a booth, yeah. booth for them? Sure. The book fair is created to give stage to individual authors, right? They each have a booth. We are up to, I think, 80-something exhibitors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, i got to do the final count, but it's almost 85 exhibitors. 
and they're divided by genre. So you have nonfiction authors, you have fiction authors, and you have children's authors. So in those booths, those authors will be signing books. They might even have poetry sets in their booths. It's a 10 by 10 space. They can do anything they want. If they, one man, uh, he's not in here, vet, but he did a cookbook from Louisiana. He said, can I cook gumbo in that booth? I was like, yeah, <laughs> you can do that. So this will be a situation where the author decides how they want to represent their book, right, whether they want to do a signing or not. But I think most of them sign their books and take mm-hmm. pictures with the uh, customers and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But it's a, a place where you're going to meet individual authors in their spaces and be able to, um, yeah, take pictures and signing and whatever that the authors desire to do. Some of them got merch and shirts and all mm-hmm. kind of good stuff. So, yeah, you'll be able to see all of that. That's what the book fair is for help authors get, like, really known. Some people say, my friend got a book. She want to know if she, could, if she could share my booth. And I have to say, this is not a book flea market. No, we're not doing <laughs> that. Each author has their own. Yeah. Wait, that's right. You have your own space. And, brother, they do pay for their spaces, meaning because you are asking if they, an author can come and get a booth. It's just like having any festival. You know, it, it actually costs a lot to run this. And so, vendors uh, pay for their spaces and they get it in. They start selling it. Um, yeah, networking and all of that. Now, now, I do have a friend who just came out with a book. I don't know if if, if he's past the deadline because he's trying to, you know, develop a, a uh, an event uh, for his book. Is, is is it past the deadline for authors to participate, or can they still get a booth? Look, look, watch this, y'all. <laughs> we have a lot of space, so you can register, mm-hmm. but I. This, I really should close it right now because we're close to 100. Badges are made, tents are gotten, all this other stuff. So the answer to your question is not necessarily no, but I'm just going to say if you, if you go to the website where it says author submission mm-hmm. and you get to it before I take it down, then I can't say nothing. All right, y'all. Do it now. It's Wednesday. <laughs>
No question. And uh, let's see, I think we've got another comment here. Uh, and Zenobia Ray L. Bay says the first one was off the chain. We were there. Quality. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we Definitely. really worked to make it unlike other events. And I told you, I'm an author. So I, for me, what would I like? What would be no joke for me? So when they come and the tent is already there and the table is already there and the chairs are already there, you know, it just does something to the authors. Like it makes them feel special. Like, yeah. you know, they were taken care of. And I've had authors say that, like, this is the most organized event I've ever been to and stuff like that. So that's, that's important to me on the, on the administrative end to make sure that they have a seamless experience with no mistakes and all of that because um, we deserve it. You know, we're going to take that time to write these stories and go through the challenges and obstacles. Somebody needs to be there to reward us for that work, and that's what I feel like I can do. That is fantastic. Now, think a bit about, uh, you know, I've got friends that are writing books, and they're kind of impatient, and, you know, it's important to have a, a goal, but like you mentioned earlier, it's best to make sure it's right, because I've seen people try to rush to get uh, to the printer with a book, because maybe they want to meet a certain deadline for, you know, whatever thing. But their mistakes, and they say, well, we can we can always do a reprint. But think about how important it is to make that right first impression, and and not to rush something if it really needs good editing, good proofreading, and you know the impression you make if you've got a lot of misspelled words and stuff. Can you speak a bit about that? This is the first thing I want to do. <laughs> but y'all not. You can't see Jesus. I faded in the screen. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, gosh. So I love my authors. Like I said, it takes a lot of courage to come and do this work. But do not get your cousin to edit it. <laughs> they're not an editor as a profession. They're not an editor. Only if they're an editor, you get them to do it. But the, the thing about editing, you think you can do it yourself, but I promise you, you don't see everything because you're so into it as a yeah. writer. Yeah. I mean, it's deep. I, you know, I've found out the hard way. I remember my first, my first book came out. Man, I think the first, I don't know, it might have been the first few pages, something was misspelled. And that first, you look, you only get one chance to make a first good impression. Yeah. Well, a good first impression, whatever you want to say. And, and excellence should be your standard. Like, I have a company, when authors come to me, I have a company it's called Quality Press. Mm-hmm. They do the editing. They get, do the formatting. They do, you know, I'm not going to do it, you know, because I just think, mm-hmm. I'm, first of all, I'm not an editor. I've edited a book before, and I think it came out decent. But still, oh, you want to pay somebody professionally mm-hmm. to get it done. Don't get hoodwinked. There are people out there that say they're one thing. You vet them. Make sure that they have the skill that you need see some of their work, like their work, right? But, um, yeah, you don't want to come out with a book just because you think you wrote it. But then if it's – you can't have grammar problems in a book. Right, unless it's like one of those things where you're doing dialect on purpose and so whatever is said is, is grammatically incorrect on purpose because that's, you know, the dialect and that's the way people speak. But 
Yeah, you're right. If you're if you're telling a story and the grammar is bad, that don't make you sound intelligent. And that's right. it's very important to sound intelligent because, like you say, once you write a book, people consider you an expert on whatever you wrote about. Right. And they they know they don't ask you, well, do you have a doctorate or where do you go to school? They don't ask anything. They will, oh, she got a book. That means you know what you're talking about. So you'll be asked to speak. You'll be asked to, to represent. I mean, all of that. So you can't have bad grammar and miss that yeah, word. I mean, even if you're not <laughs> right in the vernacular, mm-hmm. which is the language of the space, might be from the South, whatever, there's a way to do it. Zora Neale Hurston is a cold-blooded yeah. author. She's a cold-blooded author, but she writes in the vernacular of the time, but you could still read it. And yeah. it still has, if you say, and them, give it give it to them and them, what are you talking about? Yeah. Them? Mom and them coming, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's still things that you have to do to make that grammatically right. And read the way that the writer intends for you to get it, right? And so you have to do that. You need to know the difference between two, two, and two. <laughs> yes. Also, or going to the store, T O, or the number T W O. There, there, there. You know all the homonyms and all yeah. that. Yeah. Get that right. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing, and you're gonna damage your credibility. Yeah. That's the main thing people read. But I actually had a dude on the bus. He saw the bus advertisements, and he was like, "You a father? You the one that's on the bus?" And I was like, yeah, he said, I've been to the book fair before. And he said, I think he edited. But he was like, man, I came across some books, and they, they man, they didn't have it. You know, so Ooh, they gotta, that's not for me to judge for you. You need to make sure that you put out a product that represents who you are and that the fact that you, you were professional and you got it done right. You know, so there, there are people out here that can help you do that. So always seek the help you need. Don't be, what you call it? Look, when we talk, we can say, don't be doing this, right? But look, <laughs> stay in your lane. You yes. Story, content, got it, but stay in your lane. Well, all of that, formatting, yeah. you know. They got a lot of programs out now that say, oh, you can put your book, you can do it here. And got to make sure you vet them because, like, first impressions are just what they are. So. Right, right. You can't fix the first impression. And, and of course, Zenobia says, yes. And, and right. Ray Lee says, Zora Neale Hurston, absolutely a cold author. No, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. And, and and that's oh, the yeah. skill being able to to speak in dialect because you know you can tell when the per it, it really that to be able to observe how people speak and then to be able to express it phonetically so that when we hear it, we know exactly what it means. And writing is a thing. Sometimes I try to write words like the way that I sound, they sound to me. I'm like, oh, that's not, I'm sure that's not the best thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to announce, I want to shout out, Ray Lee is one of our authors. Hey, Ray. The book fair. She wrote a, a book for children called Big Truck, Big Truck. And um, oh, her illustrations are the bomb. Her energy is through the roof. We <laughs> love her. So, yeah, she's one of our authors, one of our kids. That'll be in the children's section. Girl, you better look. You can even type in your booth number, honey. Let them know where to find you, Ray Lee. That's right. She, everybody know where they are. They got the booth number. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I love somebody's got to give our people a chance. Even if you got to get better or make the book better, you still deserve a chance to shine. 
And I'm going to tell you right off the cuff, there's people out here that's not, they're not letting us shine. You know, I'm a self-published author, and some people, they're not going to do self-publishing. They're going to do a published author. And that's, they're going to be a published author from a publisher. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about that, the two different worlds, if you're a self-published author, you do need to make sure your editing is right, this and that, and you're going to be responsible for your marketing and getting it out. When a person gets a publisher to do that for them, they're going to take care of that, getting it out, um, you know, making sure it's straight. But you still have to vet them and make sure they do it right because you also sell out a contract. If you get signed by this publisher, they'll say, we'll give you an advance. We'll give you 20000 in advance. Just throwing a number out there. But you need to come up with at least four more books in this time frame. Mm-hmm. And so if you think that that's a lot, then maybe that's not the route you want to travel. I know I got my books in Barnes & Noble in New York, but they had them in. They had my book in one store that was like downtown Brooklyn, and the other stores were in communities that did not reflect black people. Mm. And I was like, what is this? They're not going to buy this book. Like, it's, you know, so I'm just saying, even in your process, if you're going to hand over the power to another entity to take care of you, you need to make sure that they really take care of you and they meet you where you need your book to go. You know, and if you're not, it's going to be self-published, then you need to be prepared to find a place to get it marketed and this and that. People ask me to do it. I'm tired. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the book business is a business, and if you're an author, you do need to have some understanding of the business, whether you publish it yourself and create your own publishing company or you go to another publishing company. And, and you definitely need to know how to read a contract, it, it, whatever agreement is. I've seen people make some big mistakes because, you know, they were so excited. Oh, I got a book coming out, and they really were ripped off by people because they didn't That's know. True. So we got to take one last break. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about the, the, the business of publishing and what authors need to know. And, and you know, these are some of the things that you learn when you go through this process of going to the book, book fair. But definitely you do want to profit from your knowledge and your skills in, in, in putting together a book. But there are some things you need to be aware of so that you don't have to pay for your mistakes. So we'll be right back after this last break, and we want you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. Uh, Kareem, is the is the sound better now? Okay, yeah, I think. I yeah, uh-huh. very Great. clear. All right, wonderful. All righty. Well, we're going to be right back, and we want you to stay with us. Call in five one five six zero five nine three two five and. Press one if you have. Uh, oh, we've got a got caller on, on, on switchboard. Okay, and if you're on our switchboard, press one now so that we can make sure you have time enough to speak. And we'll be right back in just one moment. So stay with us. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. 
Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. Oh man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Tune in to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions. And call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. If you're listening and you'd like to join us visually, you can go to the Female Solution on Facebook or on YouTube and write in your comments. And Rayleigh says, Asana, love you. <laughs> yes, regarding the, those uh, getting those books properly edited, she said, you can't fake the fuck. <laughs> and she'll be there at the Chicago Book Fair. Her booth number is, is it C2? C2, baby. Yes. Not by me. Yes. So we're going to be live there with, live from London with our host, Jana, on Saturday. And perhaps Ray can be one of the authors that we talk to. We want to get a, a variety of authors and, and bring us, oh, fantastic. Yes, Ray. Thank you. Yes. That's right, baby. Uh, Kay is 
right, be at the right place at the right time. So, yes, we want to definitely bring you to our global audience on Saturday. And Jonna loves books. She's an author as well. So maybe next year she'll be ready to fly out from London and participate in, in the 2025 book fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, That'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah, so we, you know, I want to announce. You know, Taquana Maru was coming. He's actually speaking as well. That's a brother that's coming from Japan. Ooh. And, you know, people were like, yo, they were like, oh, he black? I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, yeah, we're over there. Yes. yes. And so I was pulled up as we're talking, but he's going to be there speaking about, you know, uh, not only the mental health of black folks in Japan, but his presentation is Two Countries, One Soul. Right? Wow. Just oh, I love that. At He's going to show you some African. You're going to have to choose. Is this statue, which one is African, which one is Japanese? Ooh. Because you're going to see the images in Japan that reflect our people. Mm. And that damn is dope. That brother don't play. He said he really was trying to identify with who he was. Wow. And so, yeah, he's going to be there doing a presentation on the main stage. We got a jumbotron and everything out Mm, there. Fantastic. Just be able to see it and meet him, and um, I see Kiss Booth is like C11 or something, but let me, double, no, not C, N11, but let me double check, I'll look mm-hmm. for that, but yeah. Yeah, right as soon as you come in, you'll see his booth um, for the phone tomorrow, but I'm going to pull that up so we can share that, and um, yeah, yeah we'll look forward to having He came all the way from Japan for us, y'all. Hey, now. He not only has this book called 21st Century Japan Decoded, where he talks about mm-hmm. the codes in Japan that you have to follow. Just to live there. But he also has a trilogy of basically it's fiction, but it's about his travels in the States and Japan, dealing with that being a black man in both places. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, we look forward to talking to him. Definitely. Yes. The Quan's going to be no joke. You definitely want to interview the Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The yeah. Down brother for sure. Yeah. You know, you never think about uh, us in, in the East, but. You know, of course, Africans have been traveling east for a long time, and right. that's that's why you see statues of women. They look kind of like us, because it might be, you know? That's right. That's right. And I yeah. think one of the things that he likes to make clear, he like, I'm not a transfer. Like, you know, people who move, let's say, from Africa to Japan. Mm-hmm. Unmuted. Stop the music. You know, I'm not. Yeah, so many I'm of us, the real thing. God's peace be upon you. God's Are we back? Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of times we don't realize the generations back that we have been someplace. Mm-hmm. And the world's history is a lot longer than our history books tell us. So absolutely, absolutely. We need so to learn we're going to get it, baby. We're going to get the clarity about, you know, the, the time is changing. And so the way that we've been bamboozled, as a people globally, believing in that crap is a choice. Yeah. But you have to, if you want to see a change in the stories that come from us, for us, by us, benefit us, then that's what the book fair energy is about. You right. know, it's about you're hearing the stories from our mouths yeah. and our grandmother's mouths and not from somebody who wants to put us down. I don't care what anybody else has to say about us. If we believe it, that's a choice. That's silly. Mm-hmm. But if you start listening to our stories according to us, now you're talking about it. I was at my girl, uh, Jarima Gorma, Jarima Gorma, 
Laura. Girl, you know I'm not saying it. She has the, Laura, she has the event, uh, the Words of Wisdom, I think, Words of Wonder literary event. She had it last week, and she has an organization called Burst Into Books. Ooh, that's like primarily it. for children. And so she has children's authors. I mean, it's just no joke. Well, the, there were people there, poor book lovers, and this one couple came to me, and I was passing out the flyers for the book there. And the lady said, oh, this is it. This is the book that I want. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. Like, she was so excited. Wow. She wanted to see the fiction writers. She wanted to see the nonfiction writers. She loved the children's writers, but she was an adult. She wanted to see. I said, well, we're going to have all of them. You come on through. So it's just good to see that there is excitement out there about books and being in an environment where you're going to see books about us. But when you go to Barnes & Noble, you might not. Mm. Maybe for Black History Month, maybe. But Scholastic goes into the schools, but they have a bunch of books at our schools in the community, but the books don't have black kids in them. Mm. I'm not going to get mad at Scholastic. Y'all do what you do. But then I have to take the responsibility of filling the void yeah. of having books that reflect our children. Yeah. That's families. That. And so that's how I see that. Take responsibility. Stop complaining about what others are doing. You watching them do stuff while you sit there complaining. Be quiet. Yeah. You do something. You do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Do that's it. And that, that in terms of purpose, right? And I want to say this too because my reading is revolutionary. That's right. Yeah, you know, it'll be right. The other, the other thing we represent really for real is that the anti, during the anti-bellum, anti-bellum period mm-hmm. about, uh, there were anti-literacy laws yes. created for black people only. And that was if you got caught reading, they could cut, cut out your tongue, cut your fingers, take your eyes out, where are they going? Mm-hmm. But it was so that we wouldn't read, y'all. Laws made. And so this book here is really about countering the effects of that because people talking about if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Well, I guess if I could have almost lost my life mm-hmm. from reading, I might have a resistance to it. And it did, we've never had a moment's pause in time from slavery. So we're talking about if that period existed, there was no healing in between. That yeah. healing and that viewpoint is continued. I, I get that from... Mama Love, I'm going to give her props. She's a sister of Francis S. Welding. Not too long ago. But I'm going to put some of those literary ancestors on the float. In oh, the that beginning. is powerful. So you're going to see uh, Mama Love. You're going to see Yusini Perkins. Yusini Perkins is the brother who was a oh, playwright yeah. who wrote um, Hey Black Child. Yes. You don't know who, I think Maya Angela wrote that poem, but brother Yusini Perkins yeah. wrote that. And some have some of those elders on the float too, so we oh, can give yeah. tribute to them. That is powerful. Well, we've got a caller that wants to speak. Area code three one two eight eight two. Grand rising. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment for our guest. Go right ahead. Wayoranyat Shalom. Grand rising. Assalamualaikum to you, sister. Now you're going <laughs> All you right. say what now? I said you got a new phone number, huh? Yeah, you know they. You know this is a long story. Uh, however, uh, you know uh, Booth uh, is going to be sued by yours truly. Ain't no doubt. 
<laughs> However, uh, uh, I wanted to know uh, from uh, and, and uh, uh, greetings to you too, my beloved sister, uh, Bitcoin Queen. <laughs> this this is your brother uh, that's also registered with uh, Bitcoin, and I wanted to know what time are you going to be doing your lecture on Bit Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. That's going to be at 145. Yeah. 145. And, and uh, there's a stage set up there, right? Uh, yeah, we have two stages, a main stage and a smaller stage. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to switch over to the main stage, but it's not a whole big thing. There's no 145. Look for us out. I'm being on stage talking about it. Okay. It's not too and, I wanted to know about the open mic. Uh, you know, uh, I do uh, the music from the Honorable Mayor Hale Washington, which is so, a so man you called do Hale. Some, uh, poetry or singing, uh, Minister Plump? You gonna grace us with a song or something? <laughs> yes, with, uh, with poetry. Yes, a man called oh, okay. Hale. And you know, All we right, got we the. Uh, we got the... That'll, that'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. So now, what, 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 it, for people who want to do an open mic, what do they need to do to? And thanks so much for calling in for that question. I'm sure there are people who would like to, uh, you know, perform. What do they need to do if they want to be part of that open mic uh, session? Sure. So what you want to do, I'm going to get it now. Um, I want you to go to soulfulchicagobookfair.com because when you go to the events section, we're going to have later today listings of all of the performances, including the open mic. The open mic sessions start on a small stage at noon. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be looking for the times. You'll see the times on the <coughs> website later today. So they're all finalized. Oh, and go okay. to slowfoodchicagobookfair.com and go to events, and you're going to see all of the events that are going to be happening for the day, um, including the open mic, okay? So they have it like at a 12 o'clock hour. I believe they have something in the 2 o'clock hour and the 3 o'clock hour, but you'll see this times when you go. Okay, Minister Plum, there you go. Make sure you go there, sign up, whatever, be there. Yep, they'll put it on the down because people have already started filling out forms for, for spoken word already online. They bug and they're like, well, I want to go up there. So you definitely, but you don't have to do that. The day of, you can go up and um, sign up. They can be on the online. And, and what's the uh, website again where they go to? Sure, you go to soulfulchicagobookfair.com. I do want to mention that the small com- the community stage is sponsored by Core Music Foundation, and Yakira Levi is the CEO of that company. So they're really running a, a lovely, beautiful, tight ship of entertainment on that community stage. That'll be like in the northwest corner of the event that we'll be oh, doing. Be nice. And man, uh, yeah, just sign up with them and they'll be rocking and rolling with that uh, spoken word. Yeah, that'll be really nice. And you know, it's really a nice family event and we need so many more of those because, well, not just with the pandemic and the shutdown, mm-hmm. but we, we kind of have to change the image of Chicago of being an unfriendly, unsafe place. We need more family-friendly events, entertainment that's wholesome, you know, culture right. that's uplifting. So right. this is this is a this is a really good positive family event. Like we're talking about memories, you know, you want your you want to create memories for your family. Your children will remember, "Oh, I went to the book fair, I met this author and 
oh, I heard this music. Oh, and I, you know, saw my friend do the spoken word. I mean, you know, creating memories of joy. That's what we really have to do. Sure. And creating the narrative. Yeah. There's some people that created a whack narrative for black people. Yeah. And maybe they create a whack narrative of Chicago all the time. All the time. But if you are naive, you will believe that. But the reality is you got my event is just one of so many. We just had the Silver Room Block Party uh, last week, and we also had, like mm. I said, the Words of Wonder event for children in yeah. There are events all throughout the city. There are so many gardens. I've done events this year for the book fair in the different gardens on the south side. Open mic. Yo, this, oh, thank you. Taquan's booth is N23. Thank you, baby. Um, all that's right. Japanese author. Go ahead, right there. Yeah, all right now. So, yeah, yeah we want to see Taquan Amaru. Yeah, we got to see him. Japanese author. His yeah. booth is N23. So, you got to make sure you think You'll see him as soon as you come in. Thank you, Ray Baby. Yes. But yes, Chicago, that's one of the reasons why the book says this, but also, um, man, I have so many other things planned for the city. I think what you need to know is that the people that create the bad image of Chicago, baby, they sure are moving in my neighborhood. <laughs> oh, wow. All the areas they say are problematic, I see them building and building for themselves. Yes. So stop being naive. Go ahead. Go get these lots. They cost a dollar. Some of mm-hmm. them get them and let's build. Let's yes. stop just hanging on the corner. Own the corner. I heard that. Yes. Own it. Yes. So you know. So these events, like you said, it's family focused. It's I'm not going to sacrifice my mores and values for exposure. You could be wholesome. You could be truthful. You can have integrity and be huge. Yeah. And that's what the book says here to show that we're, we create the narratives that we want. No more believe in the hype. Absolutely. Please. Absolutely. Kareem, are there any callers on your switchboard that uh, have pressed one and have a thought they'd like to share or a question? That's right. I've, seen I've seen no one at this time, but I definitely agree with that we must accentuate the positive. We yes. must control the narrative. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. And Zenobia says we can tell our own story. And yes. Rayleigh says it'd be beautiful to hear the elders. Now, I, I, got, I got a question. Uh, what age constitutes an elder? I don't think I've qualified yet. But uh, <laughs> just, just you know, for the future. <laughs> I'll be like, girl, you ain't no elder yet. Yeah, barely 59, you know. <laughs>
and you want to be on the float, Uh-oh. we are meeting on 64th and Stony Island at 9.30 a.m. And if you want to walk with the float on the sides and be like, oh, put up, there you go, Minister Plump. So we we gonna we gonna set you out. You you're you're officially an elder now. So we got to have you <laughs> up, up there with your drummer. <laughs> well, thank you. I am seventy-seven years young. <laughs> all right, now we 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 gonna make sure you, we hook y'all up. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a very important part of uh, what we're doing. You know, it's a part of the narrative. How are we beginning the narrative and how are we ending it? And so that telling comes from us, and that telling comes from the writers. Y'all be clear on that. The preservers of the history are the writers. So when you talk mm. about in the future what they learn, you only learn it through the writers. Yeah. Everything else you have to experience in the moment. But yeah. it's the writers that create the history. It's the writers that tell the story. You understand? Like my show on on the female solution used to be gathering of the griot. Yeah. Storytelling. Yeah. Telling of the story, but we put it in writing, and that is the importance of you doing that. It has nothing to do with, I'm scared. If God tells you to write that book, you better get to step in. If you need help, I'm definitely here. I'm an institution for the preserving of those stories, the procurement of the telling of our stories according to us. Absolutely. And Zenobia says, yeah, go, go, Yakira, chorus, fire. Right. <laughs> yeah, Chicago is earthing a we, world we know class. You're Kenya. We might have to pull you back. I don't know if I'm going to let them keep you. I got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray Lee, they're looking forward to it. Yes, we, got, we definitely got to have you on to tell that story. You know, at, we have so many powerful voices, and I'm really excited to introduce them to uh, our global listenership on Saturday. I know that Jana, our host, will love talking to all of these powerful men and women who are making a difference. And, you know, like you say, we have to make the change. Sitting around complaining about it does not change anything. It's when we choose to do something. And, uh, you know, the, the business of publishing, writing, it's rewarding in itself because you're sharing a part of yourself that can change the world. And uh, before we go, explain the difference between when you publish yourself, you know, in terms of the percentages of money that you can retain when a book is sold as opposed to when a publisher tells you, okay, we're going to pay you X percentage of the books that we sell. You know what? What is the difference in that? Yeah, I, while I've not, I've never been published by a publisher. I run across sisters and brothers all the time where I say, "Oh, what's your book? I want to get your book," and they go, "Oh, I have to ask the publisher," or they make it like don't have access if, to it. If when I bring book fifteen dollars, they talk about they make thirty cents. Girl, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> yes. what happened? You know, you have to really be keen. In, in making sure that you vet the people that are going to resent, represent you mm-hmm. because I've seen it too often. I know as a person, even on, on, on a, what you call it, Amazon, my book is twelve not a five, but from Amazon they send me like $11-something. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
show today 
but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.